I was looking at these, uh, and obviously we got some crazy stories tonight, man. But this this guy that you sent me, actually, that Australian guy. I think we're going to do that one first, right? Um, yeah. That, <laughs> like, it just goes to show you, like, something is different in the world that 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 can be uh, a thing that you can get away with. I mean, dude, dude was in the wind for how long? Like. I mean, for Broke around 1967, it looks yeah. like. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, for pretty much his entire life yeah. <laughs> I mean, after he went to jail and got out. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's nuts. Yeah, that's crazy. And then, yeah, this other thing about the dude getting the mortgage in someone else's name and <sighs> people are just insane. And the thing is, they're clever enough that it works. Like yeah. some of these things actually end up working, which is, is even crazier. So I'm just not that smart. Apparently no. I, 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 no. both of these stories, like, like I couldn't pull this off. If I was given a hundred tries, I, right. I couldn't pull it off. I wouldn't even think of it. I don't even think I could get close. Yeah. Well, why don't we jump into it? We'll, we'll right. people know what we're talking about. I'll go ahead and play us in and then we can jump into these. Cause we got some good ones here. So I like it. Let's get it rolling. And if this thing loads up properly, we're going to count it in. T minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0, and liftoff. That's right. We're back. We're Welcome, back. everybody. You get the horn show. Tad and Jeff here. And uh, man, I don't even want to waste a lot of time. What's going on, brother? How you doing, man? Good, <laughs> man. Hey, good, good, good. good, Just, I'm, good. All, I'm all fired up, ready to launch into these You're stories. We got ready to go. We got some good stuff, man. And I don't want to keep the people waiting. So I no. think uh and we're also live streaming tonight, so welcome to our audience on YouTube watching the live stream. So this episode will come out later, fully produced, but we're giving some people the ability to join us live as well. Feel free to uh, give us a shout out, send your comments, questions, whatever the case may be, right. and uh, we'll be happy to uh, to you, have you with us. You get the deep cuts. That's right. <laughs> All right, man. Well, let's let's get to it, man. We got a ton to cover tonight. Some fascinating stories. I mean, this is everything from a dude who broke out of jail for killing his parents and then lived like 50 years with no issues to uh, someone taking out a, a mortgage in their landlord's name, a renter taking out a mortgage in their landlord's name. And some of these, uh, I don't want to call them conspiracies around this Bud Light um, controversy stuff, but some of these, some of these thoughts that people have shared with us in the comments around things like ESG scores and things like that on what fuels some of the decision-making by these big brands. Uh, a lot of people think that stuff's crazy, not real, whatever the case may be, but some new things have come out that show that there may actually be some real validity to it. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And man, we've got a, a bizarre hack for people who like McFlurries. It's McFlurry season. We got a crazy hack for that. Uh, we got somebody who found, uh, cocaine in their hot dog. <laughs> <We got just> a, 
it's a real slice of life. It's a real, real slice of life that we yeah. we have tonight. So, uh, so why don't we jump into it and start off, man? You had this story. You found this. You actually you sent it to me. Uh, I'm gonna let you take it away because I just thought this is this is one of those insane stories that you just don't think can can happen nowadays but somehow they still do sometimes it still yeah and this is what happens when you give your dna to um yeah. any of these dna companies so an australian family uh found out that their husband and their uh father <laughs> was actually a murderer uh <laughs> <laughs> with father's day coming up soon with father's on. day coming up uh might be a great <laughs> time to announcement. might be a great time to uh invest uh in an ancestry.com kit or <laughs> uh, 23 and me and that's, yeah. uh, make sure your father's not a deranged uh, killer so oh yeah. a some new dna evidence uh revealed that a nebraska teenager who shot his parents in the 50s then escaped from prison lived out his life in australia as a successful businessman devoted husband and doting father <laughs> so this guy leslie arnold was 16 and killed his parents after a dispute over the use of the family car. He essentially wanted to take his then-girlfriend out uh, to the movies. Sure. Uh, Mom said no because uh, she felt that he, uh, the girlfriend was uh, white trash. Um, <laughs> <laughs> was so, no. so Opal, her. Yeah, so, well, yeah. So Opal <laughs> Arnold, um, she said nope to let him take uh, his girlfriend Crystal out in the new in the family's new Mercury sedan to a drive-in movie and he becomes enraged. So tensions had been simmering over his relationship with the girl who his mother called White Trash and he retrieves a rifle from his parents' room on September 27, 1958 and confronts his mom. Now I'm assuming he had to tell this because I, otherwise I, I don't know um, but obviously the mother wasn't available for comment, but <laughs> according to the article, her words were, what are you going to do? Shoot me? Well, <clears throat> classic mom, classic mom. And he did, uh, he, he answered with six pulls of the trigger six. Then his dad comes home with groceries tucked under his arm. The two struggle and Arnold ends up eventually wrestling the gun away and shooting the dad and killing him. So they have a younger son, uh, James, who's 13. Uh, he takes uh, James over to the neighbors and uh, pretty much says, um, you know, hey, you know, parents had to go on an emergency trip to help his grandparents out. Uh, can you watch the kid? He then takes Crystal to the drive-in movie where they watch... <laughs> The horror flick, The Undead. Wow. Wow. Now, he doesn't cold even... Cold-blooded. Cold-blooded. Now, he doesn't <laughs> even go home and bury the, the parents right away. He does it the next night in a shallow grave. And the grandparents finally show up. And at that point, he confesses to their murders. Mm. So, now... 
he's, you know, after he pleads guilty, he sends in a, a letter of apology to his neighbor and, you know, saying, hey, you know, uh, you know, my parents were great. I never knew how great they were. So he goes to jail. After serving eight years behind bars, Arnold and his fellow inmate James Harding hatched a scheme to break out with the help of a recent parolee. Now, somehow he manages to toss them saw blades and rubber masks into the prison yard. Apparently, security was to say this was like in the sixties, so things well, are yeah. a little, a little different uh, now. It, I think. Sure, I would hope so. But, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> although uh, now they're. Uh, uh, you know, dropping drone stuff into the right. uh, in the courtyards and stuff. But so they managed to saw off the bars of a window in the facilities music room. This guy is like an accomplished. I won't say accomplished because he was only 16 at the time, but he was a really good saxophone. So he's in the music room. They saw off the bars of the window again. They then use chewing gum to hold the bars in place. Again, it's pretty smart. It's <laughs> yes. pretty smart. If you if you think about it, like they didn't just like cut the bars and then be like, okay, let's go, let's go. They were like, yeah. we gotta wait for the right time. But this will be here as long as as long as my big league chew holds, yeah. <laughs> this is gonna yeah. these bars will be uh, here and we can get out anytime we want. You know what are they chewing in nineteen fifty eight? Beech nut? I don't like what are they chewing that's that <laughs> Bazooka good? Joe or yeah, I mean, is that with bazooka gum? Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> bazooka Joe was from Mike Tyson's Punch Out. So. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah, I think it was just bazooka gum. I was gonna go yeah. along with it, like, yeah, yeah, bazooka Joe, definitely. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> I love that stuff. Yeah, that was good stuff. <laughs> Pack the punch. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 yeah. So they have this now. They have the bars cut. Cut. They have them held in with chewing gum. Yeah. And don't forget, they have, have rubber wait. masks. So they have rubber masks now that they attach to their pillows. Apparently, uh, <laughs> security would, uh, security could not be great, uh, obviously, in, in the uh, early, uh, mid, late 60s. So on July 14th, 1967, the pair slipped through the window and scaled a 12-foot barbed wire fence. Doesn't really say how they scaled it. I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and how they even scaled a fence. I don't know that I've ever scaled a fence before in my life. Climb they were, a fence, barbed wire at the top to get out of prison. I mean, I guess if that's all, if that's the only thing holding you back, I mean, it's like Shawshank, right? Go, I mean, you, through the yeah, sewer system, I mean, you can, to, you'll yeah, get over barbed wire if that's the only thing what you got to do. <laughs> they were halfway to Chicago, Tab, before they were discovered missing. Wow. From Nebraska to Chicago, they were halfway there before they were even discovered missing. And it was now, because of the masks, right? Like, well, wasn't that yeah, the issue? Uh, uh, well, I guess, yeah. Uh, I mean... Like, they uh, stuck them onto the pillows or something to yeah, where it looked I, like I, people, like they were sleeping? I guess they were sleeping. And I guess they didn't wake them up and make them come out for, you know, right. mandatory breakfast or whatever back then. So I'm assuming a lot of policies changed at this prison uh, once this escaped. <laughs> Yeah, things might have changed. <laughs> now, this guy didn't immediately move to Australia. He settled in Chicago and married a woman with four daughters less than six months after he escaped. So this so look, this is a good lesson. I want to take a pause here if we could. 
we have a lot of people that will be listening to this. We have a lot of people watching right now on the on the live stream on YouTube. We will have people listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Wherever. There is someone for everyone. If you are having problems oh. finding a significant other, having with relationship issues, stuff like that, this is a guy who murdered his parents, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. went to prison for a few years, broke out of prison, and in a short period of time, he meets a girl, <laughs> settles down, gets married. <laughs> like, there's someone for everyone. That's so don't, whatever your circumstances are, yeah. that guy, he didn't have a defeatist mentality. He didn't say, like, uh, no one's probably going to like me because of me murdering my parents and going <laughs> to prison. No. He didn't worry about things like that. He put no. himself out there, and that's the most important thing. you got to put, put yourself, yourself out there. Put yourself out there. That's it. Put yeah. yourself out there. Yeah. So... <laughs> He's now obtained phony uh, identity papers, and he's now assuming the name of John Damon. I have watched, I'm going to guess, no less than 100 TV shows and or movies where people obtain new identities. Yeah. I could not tell you the first place to look to do that. I would have no clue. You'd be like, hey, I, I need to get new identity. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Because you know what? It never really shows in the movies how they really do it. They're just right. showing they just up and a guy it. just hands them some paper. <laughs> Who are you calling for this? Yeah. Is, the, is this the dark web that I've got to go to? How do you get to the dark web? I don't even know how to get to the dark web. <laughs> so you're not even... You're pre-stage one of how to do this. Like, I, I'm the old lady trying to log on to Google, you know? <laughs> and then, I don't know, we got Silk Road. I mean, how do you get to Silk Road? I, I don't know. I, 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 No idea. But apparently, this guy, not a problem, gets his new identity. They end up moving from Cincinnati to Miami. Of course, you know, he's staying out of the one place, so they're relocating a lot. Ends up uh, getting divorced, cuts off all ties with everyone. He had four daughters. Uh, not his, but you know, his this yeah. uh, ex-wife has uh, four daughters. They uh, cut off all ties with them. He then meets a second wife. Not not one, but two. So That's again, true. so there's someone else for everyone. There's as well. someone else. For <laughs> She's a, a foreign exchange student. They end up getting married. He has a son and a daughter. They move to New Zealand in 1992 and then settle in Australia in 1997. He earned a respectable living. He spared no expenses for children's education. Uh, you know, just all out, overly supportive. Uh, his son would say, uh, He's a great guy. Yes, yeah, great, great guy. Um, great guy. Salt on the earth. A, he told his uh, family he was an orphan from Chicago. Man, I mean, not completely a lie, yeah. I suppose. Well, that's true. <laughs> I mean, technically, yes. Yeah. Self-made orphan. Yeah. <laughs> orphan nonetheless. Yeah, wow. So it ends up dying. bearing the lead there. It's like, I don't really want to get into too much detail. Just, I'm an orphan. I'm an orphan. That's all you need to know from the Chicago. Painful to talk about from the Chicago area. (laughs) (laughs) Not Nebraska, where all those prison breaks happen. Yeah, no, not 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 there there. at all. Not there. I mean, I'm oddly specific about that, but I just want to make it clear. (laughs) I'm not from that area. (laughs) 
I hate me some Nebraska. <laughs> oh my gosh. So this guy ends up dying August 6, 2010 after battling a clotting condition for several years. I don't know what exactly happened, but uh yeah. You know, Sounds he, like a Batman villain. Yeah, you can't be. clot and <laughs> So this other guy comes along and uh, he, he's an investigator um, and he's uh, on the case. Now, this guy wasn't even born yet before this guy gets um, already broke out of prison. I'm trying to grab his uh, first name here. Um, his last name is Britton and I'll apologize here. I You're talking about the investigator. Uh, the investigator. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but regardless, there's an regardless. investigator. So yeah, we'll call him uh, Detective Britton is what we'll call him here. Uh, his last name is Britton. I, I I can't find his first name here in this article. The guy's not even born yet um, when this guy escapes prison. So of course, this guy's got quite a head start on him. <laughs> uh, so he goes actually goes to his this guy's brother who is still alive at the time and gets his DNA and, you know, they couldn't obviously make any matches. Well, his son just happened to update uh, his DNA on uh, 23 and me and um, ends up getting a match. And so <laughs> the guy calls him or, or texts him or, you know, messages him and says, hey, you know, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm his cousin or whatever. Let's meet. They meet over Zoom. And then he gets to tell him, uh, hey, I'm really not your cousin. I am looking for your father. I'm from the U.S. Marshal's office. Uh, your father was a killer. And that's how this guy finends out over Zoom from a, a detective that... <laughs> His dad was a killer and had no clue at all, obviously. Um, it, and it's like, what do you really do? Like, it, you know, like on one He's, hand, that's your dad. He was a terrific right. person, a terrific father. He did something horrible at 16 years old. But yet he was a <laughs> he was a killer. I mean, I got to think it's going to affect how you look at him, you know, like. Yeah. It just has to, you know, I mean, I don't think there's any way that, uh, you know, but it's true. And, and we have uh, we have someone on uh, watching us right now on YouTube on the live stream. And uh, we've been kind of chatting back and forth. And so I'm, uh, I'm looking at Tanya here who was saying that, you know, that's why she won't do 23 and me. And it's completely true because that's how they call it the Golden State Killer. It's the yep. exact same scenario, and 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 people don't realize that. And I'm not saying that that's you know a bad thing. I will say I know you've done the DNA stuff. I haven't done it. I have zero plans to do it. Yeah. Um, not that I have also a, a long plan of committing tons of crime, but <laughs> I, I just feel like it's weird because they won't like that's they will share that stuff with governments and stuff. You don't know yeah. what's going to happen with it, and that whole area of things right now is very gray you know it's just like there's the, the rules around dna i mean this is such an early early stage yeah, of yeah. what's going to be happening with dna technology and dna information and knowledge uh, ain't no telling what's going to happen with that over time that's it and you know it's like 
they can get a match like they could hit on me and they could be looking for my fifth cousin somewhere yep. right so they'll come and you know they they manage to get dna from me and match it to you know someone i haven't even met before you know like that's that's happened or you know uh, uh you know a, a brother that you never talk to anymore like this guy obviously his brother um but you're right you know and then i you know i've seen them where they've done that and then like they follow the guy and wait for him to drop a cigarette butt or something. You know, it's always yeah, that. Yes. Don't smoke, you know, because right. <laughs> don't drop your cup <laughs> yeah. because they're going to run and grab your DNA off of it. So, you know, I tell you what, the Britain, this uh, this detective Britain, he um, was like, you know, obviously this guy committed a heinous, horrible crime, but it's actually changed like how he views rehabilitation. Like this guy lived probably you know essentially a perfect life now he probably had to right. obviously because he can't mess up and get caught but you know he's like you know obviously you know broke out of jail you can't do that you know you can't kill your parents because they won't let you go see the undead but you know <laughs> he kind of changed his mind a little bit on how he views like prisoners and and the the whole rehabilitation process so i thought that was kind of um well kind of interesting now apparently like <laughs> Uh, you know, the, the, the kid, his brother, you know, Oh my gosh, think about like how he, like, he's, I would love to know what his life was like, you know, he, he, he's gotta have such a terrible, you know, he probably had a terrible life. He loses his brother to jail. He loses both his parents. He's 13 at the time. Right. He has to go live with like long distance, you know, relatives, man. Crazy yeah. story, though. I mean, it, it, it really it, is, man. It's crazy. Managed to live a whole entire life without getting caught. Like, it's just, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, you know, in the 60s, you broke out of prison. It was like, I guess if you could get away, they weren't that sophisticated, you know? Like, yeah. now, I mean, because because nations didn't communicate, police systems and everything else, and investigative, you know, systems yeah. didn't communicate in the same way. So it was like, if you could get out of the state... You, you probably had a decent chance <laughs> and then just stop yeah. committing crimes. That's the problem. Most of the time they, they didn't right. stop committing crimes. It was like, well, I, exactly I, I, I robbed 13 banks. Now I'm out. I broke out. What am I going to do? Well, I need to rob a bank. I got to get some money again. I you know, so they, they, they start yeah. to, and I need to leave my calling card behind <laughs> to make it super cool. Yeah. Everyone knows who did this <laughs> diabolical scheme. Absolutely. <laughs> well, crazy story, man. I, I just, uh, yeah, I, I, was like, man, this guy got away with this forever. Raised a family, lived a great life. Yeah. And all the while. I mean, can you imagine, like, though, how he must have felt? I mean, at a certain point, I'm sure you can put things out of your mind and enough time goes by. But secretly, carrying that secret, carrying that guilt around for that period of time that you murdered your parents. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. You know, I mean, that's got to just be in insane. You know, it's funny because uh, they even mentioned that in the article, like they went back through and um, found like his Bible verses that he had highlighted, you know, it was all about forgiveness and, and, and you know, things like that. So you, he definitely, it seems like this guy was probably living with it. And I think that's, you know, I think that the kids kind of look back and be like, ah, maybe this is why he was so like, uh, you know, so giving and, you know, like why he right. was, you know, yeah so i i think um yeah they said they found the bible 
there are lots of highlighted lines about sin, guilt, and forgiveness. I think it weighed on his mind for the rest of his life. That was his son saying that. So, gotta think. I mean, uh, oh, yeah. I mean, you would hope so. Yeah, <laughs> kind of sticks with <laughs> you. You would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, crazy. All right, well, let's move on to the next story then. So uh, that was a great one. This one might not quite live up, but I don't know. It, it, it also could. It's a it's a different type of crime, different type of scheme and scam, and uh, and, and interesting in its own right. So, uh, again, people, just be careful. A man rented a home and then impersonated the owner of the home applied for a mortgage on the house and then stole the money. And this happened in Toronto. And so they, they found the guy, they arrested him. Uh, So the renter has been arrested and it's a mortgage fraud scam. So, (laughs) so in Toronto, the guy's 42 years old. Uh, He impersonated the owner of the home. He was renting in Toronto, secured a mortgage on the property and then planned to steal the money. So, J. Allen McDougal was arrested on May 25th and charged with five counts of fraud over $5,000, as well as laundering proceeds of crime. Uh, So he began renting the home in May of 2021 using an online home rental application. While renting the property, police say he somehow obtained the identity information of the homeowner. He then proceeded to impersonate them when applying for a mortgage on the property that he's renting, he went on to collect the proceeds of the mortgage for himself. Uh, the fraud value was over $2 million. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a, this is a jumbo loan. <laughs> and, uh, but they have apparently recovered a portion of the, uh, of the money. So mm. yeah. And investigators believe that he may have committed other similar crimes and are trying to uh, get the public to come forward with any other information that they may, may know about him. I mean, how does he commit other crimes and like nobody is uh, like, what's the homeowner too embarrassed to be like, be like yeah. yeah, he did this to me. How <laughs> was he not already uh, in trouble for something like that? That is crazy, crazy. man. It, it, I, and again, so that's one of those things where I would never even think who has the guts to even try that. Who has the guts? You're renting a house. And then what do you look up your, your your landlord on Facebook and you're like, oh, wait a minute, let me find out who the bank, let me call up the bank and find, uh, yes, uh, this is whoever, like I'm him and uh, I'd like to yeah. take out a mortgage, please, on my house. Please ask like, no other questions. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like how easy is it? Yeah, I, I know. I mean, did he grab all, I mean, assuming he had to have a social, had to have his phone, like, I, yeah. yeah. What kind of stops are in place? Why is it this easy? It's not the first time I've ever heard this. I mean, you know, you hear all the time the people that will, you know, get your, they don't even have to live in the home. They can just somehow get the title or the deed through public records. And then, you know, of course, they're frauding it, but then they can right. take out, you know, HELOCs on your on your house, second mortgages, loans, yeah. you know, all that stuff. So, yeah, what a mess, man. Well, I mean, uh, when this guy obviously didn't have to pay any of that back, the homeowner. Yeah. Well, Tanya, who's on our live stream right now, said that uh, she had the theory of wondering if they got the homeowner's identity through uh, some of these payment apps like Cash App, Venmo, PayPal. 
because if you can like manage to hack into that, you may be able to get a lot of their information. Because at that point, if you can get in, like if I could, if I, if let's say I, and I don't know if people do this, but if I paid my rent with, you know, Venmo or PayPal or something, then I know your login, basically your, your user ID. And I just got to be able to figure out your password. If I can crack that password, then I can probably get in and access a lot of information, maybe banking stuff. I don't know. So yeah, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty crazy stuff. But I, I mean, can you imagine that? Like you're the landlord, you're the homeowner. You just, you rent the house out. You think you have a nice tenant there living in your house. Things are going fine. You have no idea that now the mortgage is being taken out in your name on that house. I, I can't even, I can't That's even imagine. Awful. That is awful. Ugh. Yeah. It's insane. Ugh. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Jumping into this next story. So, okay. So we've had some things recently. Uh, we've covered this Bud Light controversy a little bit, a lot, good bit. People have been very passionate about this yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and understandably so. So as we've talked about it and we've gotten tons and tons of comments, I mean, we have, a, a you know, one of our videos has done just about a million views at this point and we've gotten thousands of comments on, on, on this particular topic. Um, in addition to the other things that we talk about, but one of the things that a lot of people have brought up about this Bud Light stuff is they've, they've said before that like, oh, well, all these companies care about is the, the ESG score. You need to, uh, you know, check on that and, and research more about ESG scores and everything, which I wasn't going to do. I mean, what, like uh, we're talking about the story, but I, I didn't really feel the need to do a ton of, uh, you know, personal research to learn everything about ESG scores and everything. Right. But recently, and this is uh, according to the New York Post, an ex-Anheuser-Busch executive has revealed that left-wing investment firms are pressuring companies to, quote, go woke, okay? So I'll give you kind of the, the, the rundown here. Woke governance has sent profits spiraling at companies like Anheuser-Busch and Target, but it often begins with lefty investment firms pressuring them to push products their way, an ex-top Anheuser-Busch executive said. So this all happened on Fox News. Uh, a gentleman named Anson Frerichs said behind-the-scenes politicking from firms like New York-based BlackRock and Pennsylvania-based Vanguard spur many of the controversial decisions sparking nationwide boycotts from longtime conservative customers. So we all know about the Bud Light thing with Dylan Mulvaney and everything, but he's saying that BlackRock, Vanguard, and companies like State Street, they manage about $20 trillion in capital, and they use their clout to promote agenda politics being pushed on them by progressive lawmakers overseeing government pension funds that the companies profit from. Okay, so that's a whole lot of words, right? So let's boil it down to a much, much simpler way. So you have these companies, and then you have major, major investment companies like BlackRock and State Street and all of these. And they will buy up massive amounts of companies' stock for use in their pension funds because they manage pension funds for cities and you know massive corporations and all kinds of things. And so those banks 
are being pressured by lawmakers <laughs> to want these liberal things happening. And so they are then pressuring companies like Nike and Target and, uh, and, and Anheuser-Busch and all of these to start putting out more kind of leftist uh, things uh, to in order before they're willing to basically invest in them. And so they're doing that because they look at it and go, okay, yeah, maybe I'm going to lose some business. But the business I'm losing may be nothing in comparison to the business I'm gaining if I'm getting BlackRock to purchase, you know, $8 billion worth of stock, uh, you know, that, that that's going to more than make up for it. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. That seems like no a, thoughts? that seems like a lot there. Uh, a lot it does. to unravel. It's a lot would... to unravel. The only thing that I thought was because this is a former Anheuser-Busch executive, it does carry a little bit more weight, I think, yeah. than just a random person, you know, with a I conspiracy don't... theory. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. Why is he former, I suppose, would be <laughs> one of the things. But right. I, I, something you said, though, there's three companies, major companies out there, investment firms, managing $20 trillion dollars in capital three yes that yes. is that insane is or what scary insane like that that is nuts that three companies trillion. like that could control 20 trillion dollars worth of people's money at any point incredible I, I, what oh man we we always talk about going down this uh, conspiracy <laughs> theorist road, but man, yeah. it, it just so. It, but I, why are you listening to progressive lawmakers? What like you have? I, I, see, I don't know. I, I don't really get what the point is, like, it, unless the point would be because clearly, even people that are that wouldn't consider themselves, you know, con, you know, conservative, or even you know. We, far right, middle right, whatever, even yeah. like there's a lot of those people that are like, yeah, we still don't want this. Like, you know, there's like Twitter things, gays against groomers. Right. So they're folks that are, are, are gay. Yeah. And, and there was actually a thing that came out today about that, like where Jordan Peterson, um, I don't know exactly what Jordan Peterson does. I, I find him fascinating, but I'm not quite He's sure interesting character. exactly <laughs> who he is or what he does, but I still find him fascinating to listen to. But he was went on to say that like 80% of the people that become, you know, trans or, or, you know, have like, you know, this would have ended up being gay. So it's almost like they're trying to, push out mm. the gay agenda so it was an interesting take i don't necessarily agree with it but like there's a lot of people that don't want these things to be pushed and and clearly a lot of people don't because of the way that ever all these companies are losing this money so it's just weird so it's almost like you would want lawmakers are wanting it to be pushed to make companies go broke like they have to know that this stuff doesn't work <laughs> Yeah. So what else would be the point? Uh, again, there's a rabbit hole you go down that I, I, I'm not sure I'm willing to take. But yeah, it just well, it, one it of the things they sense. say here. Let me give you an example because this again, just to be clear, what we're talking about this isn't all about gay and trans stuff either, right? So just leftist things, so sure. and progressive things. So let me give you an example. One of the firms 
that we're talking about, State Street, BlackRock, Vanguard, one of those firms manages California's pension fund, the whole state of California. That pension fund is the largest pension fund in the country. So California politicians can have a big say in the corporate governance and politicking of the firms they invest really heavily in. So they actually said that in California, for example, they've recently mandated these large pension funds that they divest from things like fossil fuels and oil and gas. And when Bill de Blasio, the former mayor of New York, was in office, he did the same thing. But then they'll also tell BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard, you know, et cetera, that if they're going to manage their money, they have to commit to things like ESG, diversity, equity, inclusion, and adopt firm-wide commitments that they therefore then force onto all major companies in corporate America. So a lot of stuff being said there. But essentially, it's not just about gay and trans stuff. It's just in general, what you end up with is California politics being pushed on to corporations by virtue of California politics influencing Vanguard, BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard, BlackRock, State Street influencing everything else. And that money, then they, you know, are, are kind of moving forward with that mission. So it's all super weird stuff, man. It is incredibly strange. I don't know what to say about it. I mean, you know, we on this show, we talk about it all the time. We're not left wing. We're not right wing. We're basically dead down the center. We, we, we are of the, uh, we're of the common sense party. And, you know, when you see things that don't make sense, those are the things that we call out. Those are the things that we talk about. And, you know, we're talking about this now. Some of this stuff just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, but it can only be because there are people behind the scenes that are pushing it for whatever reasons. Cause outside of that, why would any of this happen? Right. So it, it actually gives credence to some of these conspiracy theories that yeah, maybe wouldn't otherwise right. warrant credence. Imagine like having to like, I, I don't, I don't even like, man, imagine like in California, like you're, you're now being told if you want to manage these funds, you can invest in oil. You can invest in anything yeah. other pretty much than, you know, natural gas. thinking that like in next four years, like the whole entire country is going to be run on nothing but solar and, yeah. you know, wind. It's just not going to happen. Like all the stuff that even make half of the stuff that you, you need takes vehicles and takes things that take gas yeah. and oils and everything else. Right. So yeah. it's just, it's just like insane. So now you're not going to invest in, in oil companies and companies like that. So now what they're going to go, you know, are they going to go broke? And now you're going to have less and few, it's just like, you're just trying to squeeze it down just to have these, just a couple of entities running everything. Yeah. And I, I guess that's really what the whole idea is, is to have just no choices in life. You know, you're going to be told exactly what you need to do and what you're going to do and who you're going to buy your gas from and who you're going to buy this from and that from. And it's, yeah, that's yeah. man. It's, well, and I do think the other aspect of it is, you know, when it comes to things like, you know, we're talking about oil and gas and stuff, they're forcing that agenda because it also does, you know, obviously we get our oil from overseas from countries that don't like us. And so it ends up being a thing where 
it's kind of like, hey, it doesn't matter if we're ready for it or not. It doesn't matter if there's a good alternative or not. We're going to force the issue and we're going to not be in the oil business whatsoever because we're going to choke out these oil companies. It doesn't matter that they're American companies. They're getting the oil. Much of it, obviously, we get from, from overseas. And so, you know, we may have the American refining companies here, but the crude oil comes from overseas and we're not going to buy stuff from there. So it's becoming more and more behind the scenes, I think, this isolationist idea where, you know, it's it's we don't want to have any dependency on other countries. Uh, but meanwhile, we still want other countries dependent on us. So I think that's going to be where, you know, believe me, there's a whole long conversation could be had about that for sure. Yeah. But we won't have it tonight. <laughs> no, no. I don't think I have the capacity to have that conversation tonight. <laughs> yeah, but I did think it was interesting at least that a that a former Bud Light executive is coming out and saying that their hand is being forced by these huge banks, Vanguard, uh, State Street, and and particularly BlackRock. Obviously, no one's bigger than BlackRock, and that you know that's why all of these bizarre business decisions are being made by these companies that are swinging way left their hands are kind of being forced. So kind of kind of an interesting idea. Just amazing. You let three entities control. I, I that has to be 90% of, of people's funds. I, it's it gotta to be. be right. I mean, it's 20 trillion, 20 I mean, trillion. That, that, that can't be 5%. Like that right. has to be <laughs> a number larger than 70% of yeah. all the people's money. Oh, that's man. That's, that's scary, man. I don't yeah. know. Like that doesn't sit well with me, but uh, no, it's not a good know? situation. Uh, no, invest in Bitcoin. No, because here's the thing, right? I'll give you, I'll give you a quick little stat talking about this because we've been, you know, you've been hearing about the debt ceiling in the news recently, Republicans yeah. and Democrats trying to come together. Uh, the total federal debt is expected to exceed 50 trillion in a decade. So it's not even to 50 trillion yet. And we're talking about these three companies alone managing 20 trillion. So, so they're managing, we'll say roughly half of the entire U S debt <laughs> is being managed by three companies. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, scary stuff, man. <laughs> it, it should scare a lot of people. I would think, I mean, I, it's probably been that way forever. And, you know, you're just more and more now kind of realizing this stuff as, you know, as you get older and you're like, ah, you know, my money, I need to make my money last and I can invest. Yeah. Well, you're investing in one of three essential companies, you know, at this point. Right. So. Good luck. Oh, you get <laughs> Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, let's move on here. Let's, uh, you know what, I'm, I'm going to switch the order here because I think, think we can uh jump into quick hits do you think we're ready for some quick hits here yeah let's let's get into it lighten the mood we've we've been heavy on some some deep subjects tonight so mm. let's move into something sweeping the nation quick hits i'm gonna start off with something light before we get into anything that's a little uh a little darker there is a mcdonald's mcflurry sandwich hack that they say is taking over the internet i don't know what it means to take over the internet but what they say mean? it is 
<laughs> because I can tell you, I've been on the internet lots of times since then. I haven't run into this story. <laughs> this isn't a thing where I'm just like, God, it doesn't matter what site I go to. I keep seeing what this blurry is stuff. happening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, this is a bizarre idea. So I'm just going to kind of lay it out for you to explain. So this, this McDonald's McFlurry hack. So you've probably heard of the Wendy's hack, which I don't even think this is a hack, which is involving dipping your fries into a Frosty, right? That's not a hack to me. I don't know why they what say it's hacking. Hack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's no hack there. You're just what sticking. Hack? <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know that hack about putting ice cubes in your drink? Uh, so, yeah, there's no hack. It's just, but anyway, so TikTok. May have just come up with a McDonald's hack that is starting to freak people out and people are really getting into this. McDonald's customers have been creating ice cream sandwiches using McFlurry ice cream between two hash browns. (laughs) Taking a bottom hash brown, scooping McFlurry on it, putting a top hash brown on it and eating it as an ice cream sandwich. This is like a huge thing. Are you interested in doing that? No, that's disgusting. Do you know how much uh, a hash brown costs these days? I have no clue. I couldn't even take it. Is it a dollar? Two dollars and 49 cents for a hash brown. What? At least in my area. I was Good Lord, $2.49 for one hash brown for from McDonald's. one hash brown. You know, I can go to, I can go to my local grocery store and buy a whole entire pack of frozen hash browns for probably $2. Yeah. I was just saying probably the same price. Yeah. Wow. $2 and 49 cents for some potatoes that are <laughs> fried up, fried together. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, I don't, uh, but a McFlurry has stuff in it, right? I mean, I don't know. I haven't, I, I couldn't tell you the last time I had a McFlurry. I, I don't, I, I'm just not an ice no. cream guy, I guess. But like normally, like, aren't there like, I don't know, M&M's in it or Reese cups or something? And I think there can be. I, I, again, I know nothing about it. I don't think I've ever Because otherwise it's just ice cream, right? I mean, I don't, right. then that what makes it. But uh, I think that's what they're, that's the long and short of it is I think that's really what they're doing. Like they're scooping it out, but I mean, it doesn't matter if there was, even if there was nothing in it, they're just putting ice cream between hash browns and eating it. And <laughs> this is sweeping the nation apparently or, or the world. I, mean, I don't Here's what I know. This one, uh, TikTok, And I don't even know if this is like the first or only one or whatever, but this one alone has like 10,000 comments alone. And like coming up on a million likes and, you know, and there are more than one of these and it is disgusting. The idea makes no sense to me. Who's putting ice cream between hash browns? I don't understand it. So what's the, I don't, that's what I'm trying to understand. Like, what's the, I kind of get the sweet and salty, but like, right. I don't like a French fry is, you know, super skinny. Like this is a whole, like you're making an ice cream sandwich out of hash browns. Yes. I'm watching the making video actually sandwich. right now. I'm watching. Yeah. It looks absolutely <laughs> disgusting. Uh, yes. And I guarantee that was a $9 meal. She just made there. She does a $9 ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're working backwards. This isn't the best way to do this. 
Well, I don't. Yes. What do you, What do you like about it? I don't. I don't. I don't. I. I uh. God, two hash browns with two hash browns with McFlurry in between them sounds like the worst type of ice cream. If you call it an ice cream sandwich, I whatever you could call it anything you want. It sounds terrible. Here, Why not a, put like just ice cream between a, a Big Mac bun, you know, and and eat that? Yeah. I mean, you can put ice cream on anything. Oh, uh, here's a comment. I dip my chicken nuggets in the Aura McFlurry. You should try it. That, why? No. <laughs> I mean, are they? No. <laughs> this is no. so terrible. <laughs> yeah, and there's like multiple. Like, there's it. It is there. I mean, this is there are so many videos on this. I guess if you've seen one, you have to see five of these. They're all the <laughs> same. Right. They're spreading ice cream onto two hash browns. Yeah, yeah I'll pass. No thanks. I'll pass. I'll pass. No. Not interested in that. Sounds disgusting, but people keep finding things to do, and that's certainly certainly one of them. Uh, here's a comment. I'm 58 <sighs> years old. I've been dipping my fries in the milkshake since I've been about 12. Why did you start at 12? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, proud American. <laughs> I've been doing it since I was 12. <laughs> I'm 58. I started when I was 12. Like, not... 10 not nine yeah. nuts my parents wouldn't let me do it until <laughs> I, I was like, a teenager but i, I went was, the day I, before my 13th birthday i was still when 12. i was of age when i was of age <laughs> <laughs> stayed up all night went out to a 24-hour mcdonald's uh, at 1201 a.m <laughs> and i got my mcflurry and my freaking hash browns uh, here's a here's a comment. It's two fifty for each hash brown. There we go. Plus another seven dollars for the McFlurry. <laughs> now I have no idea if McFlurries cost that much, but yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Oh, uh, that is awful. I mean, that's disgusting. I'm sorry. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> no offense to any of our uh, listeners out there uh. who do that. It's gross. <laughs> no offense, but you're disgusting. You are disgusting. Uh, Tanya on our live stream says that she likes to put Wendy's fries in a frosty. Yeah, I mean, I'm I assuming can... you're just dipping them and eating them. Yeah, it, for I me, mean, I, can... I have zero interest in that. I know lots of people do it. I just couldn't. I just would not want to do that. Uh, an Oreo McFlurry is four dollars and thirty nine cents. I don't know if that is two fifty. You're size. saying for plus two fifty for the for each. For so five dollars, five dollars, five dollars in hash browns, four fifty in McFlurry costs. So plus tax, plus so you're tax. spending ten ten dollars plus to be able ten to get this. easy ten easy yeah don't get the strawberry shortcake McFlurry it's four sixty nine so <laughs> Lord cut corners where you can so we're <laughs> saying then this is this is one of the most expensive ice cream sandwiches you'll ever have this is a ten or eleven dollar ice cream sandwich listen this is Nancy <laughs> Pelosi ice cream sandwich territory. <laughs> Getting the best of the best. That's it. That's it. Man. Yeah. Wow. Thought that was a super weird story that I, I just would not ever want to put ice cream between hash browns. And then also, isn't it going to melt incredibly fast because you're putting it on warm hash browns? You have to wait until they're cold? I guess. And then you want a cold hash brown. <laughs> oh, like all the grease settles in there. Oh, man. My seven-year-old yeah. like w would eat mcdonald's cheeseburgers every single day 
And I'm telling you, I find him repulsive when he eats it. I just, I love him to death. I like every time he's like, can we get McDonald's? I'm like, you are disgusting, sir. I just, I, I like, it, there are times where we'll get it, you know, cause it's quick. And I'm telling you, sure. I was on a trip. I was, I, I ate like a chicken sandwich and we were going, I, I think it was to my wife's sister's that 15 minute car ride, I ate the chicken sandwich. By the time I got to her house, 15 minutes later, I was like, Oh, this is disgusting. Like I, I feel disgusting. And it's not like at that point I was in the greatest shape of my life. You know, it's not like, Oh, fast food. No, I can eat fast food. It yeah. was so gross. Oh, it's just disgusting. Oh God. <laughs> Well, no offense to anyone out there. On it. <laughs> no offense to anyone out there that loves McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, if you don't like if you don't like your chicken sandwich, just stick a McFlurry on it. Just stick a McFlurry on it. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? I'll maybe get one of their hot apple pies and put in between there as well. There you see, that would be better. Two yeah, apple why pies with flurry in between it. That yeah. would be the thing to do. Why are you doing hash browns? Dude, we're we're TikToking <laughs> after this. TikTok. Catch us on TikTok after the show tonight. <laughs> I mean, that would be perfect. First. Hot, yes. hot. Uh, problem is, you never know if they're going to be hot or not when they hand them to you. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who knows? But... but I don't know that the hash browns are definitely going to be hot either. So Sure. That would make a hundred times more sense. Yes. Apple pie, yes. ice cream sandwich. It's like, that makes sense. I, I, That's a win I for get, everyone. I could get behind that. Yeah. I'm not getting behind a hash browns and a McFlurry. <laughs> no, not interested. Not interested. You can keep it. Uh, all right. Well, you know what? Let's move to the next story then. And uh, before we do, always have to let everyone know. Quick hit. We're going to stay in the food lane here for a no, moment. I like it. A Sonic employee. <laughs> We want to stop there or start there? <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't, I don't know. Let's go. A Sonic employee was arrested in New Mexico after cocaine was found in a customer's hot dog. Jeffrey David Salazar, 54, faces a felony charge for possession of a controlled substance. So here's the breakdown. Uh... <laughs> An employee at a Sonic drive-in restaurant in New Mexico was arrested after he lost his bag of cocaine <laughs> and it somehow ended up on a customer's hot dog. <laughs> Police said illegal narcotics were discovered in a customer's recent Coney purchase. So oh. well, well, be careful if you're ordering from Sonic to, to get that Coney. Make sure you look well, around a that, little bit first. Yeah, is that the, uh, uh, you know, that's that's the secret word when you're, uh, that's the secret hack <laughs> menu. <laughs> Yeah, I need the Coney, please. Huh? Wink, wink. <laughs> and then when you get pulled yeah, over, so you're like, "What? They must have dropped it in my hot dog." <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, so the dude Salazar, he's working in the back in the kitchen at Sonic. And apparently why you would have inadvertently placed a baggie of cocaine in the food, I don't know. But here's the thing, right? So the, the woman calls the police because she bit into her food to discover that she had bitten into a plastic bag. And she and she she doesn't believe that any of the powdered substance went into her mouth. 
she thought she had bit into just like plastic and she pulls out it turns out it's a baggie of cocaine in her oh, sonic oh no. yeah oh. yeah oh it could have been awful if i was for a little kid or something good god yeah. like i i don't i don't know i, I i'm i'm not up on the drug scene here but what's a bag of coke a baggie of cocaine cost i'm assuming more than a Coney hot dog that you would probably want to make sure that it's somewhere safe. Yeah. I'm guessing it wasn't a prank. Uh, like you had to like have accidentally. Gotcha. Why? How, how were you just, how were you so reckless with your cocaine too? You're just there in the kitchen, just like twirling it around or something. <laughs> just, Oh, whoop, where'd it go? Anybody see that cocaine? No. All right. Well, give this lady your hot dog. Uh, yeah, yeah yeah so the wow. affidavit for the, the affidavit for the arrest warrant says the salazar was observed on video surveillance conducting what appeared to be a hand-to-hand transaction with a female employee salazar then makes her food before appearing to frantically search the area as if he lost something <laughs> salazar admitted to police that he purchased the cocaine from someone in the restaurant's parking lot according to the arrest warrant Oh my gosh! So what? Sonic is really experimenting with new ways to to generate customer <laughs> loyalty. You go to Sonic one time, you order that Coney, you're gonna want to be you back are. there again and again and again. You are gonna be addicted. <laughs> Sonic knows those. how to bring you back. <laughs> Coney hot dogs. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Dang. I mean, it's funny, but how terrible could that have been? Like, if I would have gotten to like. A little child or something oh, scary. or even a she you know even a woman but i don't know i don't know what cocaine would do to you i mean <laughs> i've never done cocaine just but bite into it yeah just bite into it and swallow <laughs> it <laughs> Jeez. Ugh, super weird man oh that's awful and then it, you, what are you gonna say like i i don't and then i i guess they probably i'm sure he didn't come out and admit it it's not like he called the police to be like uh lost my cocaine Right. So I'm assuming they probably must have went through the video and and started looking through it and then saw this dude like frantically looking around. What's he gonna say? Like, oh, I dropped my contact. Like, right, I don't right. know. Like, right. So I guess at that point, you know, they probably went down and be like, all right, what'd you do? And then I guess that's yeah, probably why on. he admitted it, right? I mean, I, I don't. Jeez. Well, I mean, they have them on videotape, so it's also kind of like, bro, we watched oh. you. We have observed you losing the cocaine look man in the sonic kitchen <laughs> why would i buy cocaine to then put it in a hot dog that makes no it doesn't even sense. sound like me <laughs> no. it does not sound like something i would do you know what i always do with my cocaine i snort it <laughs> now there was that one time i put it on my hot dog and i snorted it off a hot dog but, <laughs> but, but i never sold that hot dog to no. anyone no, no. That was my snort dog. That? that was my <laughs> snort dog. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Oh. Now, All right. So, Sue. I, I mean, uh, it's a great question. Sue? I mean, who and who's who's the person that you should be, you know, that should get in trouble? Is it Sonic that she should sue? She sues this guy. I can't imagine that he's going to get anything. Oh, he works at Sonic and buys cocaine right. with his Sonic money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's his like. Well, my wife said I had to get a second job to support my cocaine habit. Like, you know, I'm sure he's not like a Wall Street tycoon who just yeah, exactly just works real responsible, yeah. high income yeah. earner. Like, you know what? You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spend my family money on uh, on cocaine. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna get a job at Sonic. 
and just, just <laughs> blow all that on cocaine. So Never yeah, deny no, on I, your it, own supply. That's right. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming she's going to be able to sue Sonic for you know hiring the guy, letting the guy go out in the parking lot, and right. Uh, they're going to offer uh offer her uh free Sonic for life, free Coney dogs for life. <laughs> yeah. Can't order the Coney again, though. That's the only yeah, rule we yeah. have. Free Sonic for life. Can't order a Coney, no matter how much you like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so I also just so Tanya on our live stream said that uh, shared a person in Georgia mailed meth to someone with a return address on it. <laughs> <laughs> just in case it gets lost. <laughs> That's... <laughs> just return to sender if you're not sure that you want it just give it back i'll send take it back it. send it back hey you, we know how the mail is these days they <laughs> so unpredictable always losing stuff oh. <laughs> Jeez. yeah so crazy man well all right so now we're talking since we're talking about these crimes let's talk about the flip side of that and talk about punishment I saw this article the other day, thought it was worth talking about. These are five common medieval crimes and their punishments. And they didn't mess around in medieval times. For anyone who doesn't know, (laughs) crime and punishment in the Middle Ages, very harsh and unforgiving. They they didn't play around. (laughs) They just kind of invented. No. (laughs) Yeah. They did, they just kind of invented a horrible, torturous thing to uh, to do to you if you were found guilty. So I have a few of these. I thought they were pretty pretty fascinating things. Uh, so the first one is called the three ordeals. Okay. So trials by jury didn't become common until the 13th century. So without a formal way of determining someone's guilt or innocence. The accused were subject to trial by ordeal. There were three types of ordeals. Ordeal by fire, ordeal by water, and ordeal by combat. The goal of these ordeals was to subject the accused to extreme circumstances. And if they were able to survive, then they were seen as innocent in the eyes of God. Well, there you go. Well... Ironically, I think you may have gone through ordeal by fire earlier tonight. You burned your hand. We were talking about this when the show started. Ordeal by fire required the accused to carry a red hot iron nine feet and then have their hands bandaged. After three days, they were required to show up in court and show their hands. If the wounds had started to heal, they were considered innocent. If their condition hadn't improved, they'd be found guilty. That's it. So you, a red hot poker, a red hot iron, carried in your hands, nine feet. Put it down, bandage your hands. Come back in three days. If your hands are healing up, you're innocent. I, I, I don't know. I guess uh, how do we determine uh, healing up after three days? I guess not oozing with pus and everything else. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. Or they they're still on your arms. You haven't your hands haven't fallen <laughs> off or right. anything. Well, yes, yeah. I'm guilty. <laughs> jeez yeah so then there were two different types of ordeal by water nope not just one if if they were subjected to a cold water ordeal their hands and feet were tied and they were thrown into the water if they began to float 
they were considered innocent. But if they sank, they were guilty. Uh, pulling the buck up out of the water. Well, he's guilty. <laughs> that's like, well, he's guilty. He clearly saw him sink like a stone. <laughs> oh. But the hot water ordeal is also pretty brutally bad. I don't know which one you want. If you want cold water or hot water. Cold water ordeal, they're going to tie you up, throw you in the water. If you float, you're innocent. Hot water ordeal, those accused had to retrieve a stone from the bottom of a kettle of boiling water. Similarly to ordeal by fire, if their hands had begun to heal after three days, they were found innocent. So a so the thing is this, at least if I get thrown into the cold water, all I have to do is float. And then otherwise I'm fine. There's no pain. But in if it's hot water, I have to reach down in to a boiling cauldron to find a hot rock. And then it's like my hands and arms are burning off. But if I've started healing three days, then I'm innocent. I, I think I'd take the cold water. Yeah, give me the cold water. I, that's probably, I guess these are seasonal punishments. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Commit your crimes in the winter, I suppose. Yeah, they weren't chilling the water. So this is definitely, <laughs> yeah, you, you want the cold water. You, you wait till the winter months before you do anything. <laughs> and then lastly, ordeal by combat was used to help two parties solve a dispute. This was mostly used when there were no witnesses or confessions to a crime. Two individuals would fight in combat, and the winner would be declared innocent. While brutal, these ordeals were used to justify God's will in the criminal justice system. If the accused could survive or be found innocent after their ordeals, it was believed that they had been given a power by God. So, there you go. Makes sense. That's how it works. Yeah. So it really is that easy to figure out if someone is guilty or innocent. Everyone makes it seem like it's so hard, but yeah. in the criminal justice system, you can determine this easily. <laughs> so <laughs> we don't need weeks and weeks and months of no. uh, of trials. No, just give them a hot iron and tell them to come back in three days. <laughs> that's right. I don't Maybe. know who chose three days either. Yeah, like, what, that's what the is, magic yeah. time, but. <laughs> they really stuck on that three day thing too. Like, I wonder yeah. if they had it, uh, you know, four days at one point and realized, oh wait, everyone starts to heal after four days. <laughs> All these people can't be innocent. Yeah, we can't have this many innocent people. <laughs> well, I have some of the common crimes from back then and their punishments. Uh, pretty terrible. So. In medieval times, petty theft, so stealing was one of the most common crimes committed during the Middle Ages. Sure, petty theft relates no explicitly and, to the... Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's pretty much a lawless <laughs> wasteland. <laughs> you could get, right. take anything you wanted in the Middle Ages. So petty theft would obviously be the theft of low-value goods from an individual or business. Depending on the severity of the theft, the consequences could range from public humiliation all the way up to bodily mutilation, which that's a big range. I feel like that's a too <laughs> that big of a range, maybe. <laughs> that escalated quickly. <laughs> <laughs> they say that the most common punishment for those found guilty of stealing was extra work or fines. Seems pretty fair. According to the thievery code in the Book of Dalarna, the fine could range from three to 40 marks. While inconvenient, 
being fined was not nearly as embarrassing or dishonorable as the more serious punishments. Those guilty of full thievery could be hanged or suffer a more painful fate like bodily dismemberment. It wasn't uncommon for a thief's hands or ears to be cut off, signaling to everyone that they were a criminal. Yeah. So crime did not pay in the Middle Ages. Sure didn't. Sure. (laughs) Uh, Arson. So, of course, if you're deliberately setting a fire, that could definitely cause problems in medieval times. Even small fires could easily spread across multiple houses since most things were made of wood and straw. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. There it's an entire uh, community built around being flammable. Sure. <laughs> arson was considered quite serious. Uh, so arson was subject to capital punishment. Capital punishments are equivalent to the death penalty and result in the individual being executed, usually by hanging. This was considered the most serious of punishments as it often impacted the ruling class's property or land. So oh, basically, go. it was like arson was the one thing they didn't mess with. You you weren't going to be doing any arson. You were just going to die if that happened. That's so exactly uh, they didn't play around. Nope. If it affects the ruling class, they That's do right. not play. There <laughs> you go. Right. Some things never change, do they? That's right. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, treason. Pretty simple. We, everyone knows what treason is. Those found guilty of treason face the most serious punishment, no matter the severity of the crime. In 1351, the punishment for treason became enshrined in the legal code. This punishment involved a gruesome death. The culprit was often hung from a tree, but cut down before their death. Once down from the tree, an executioner would behead them dismember their body and ship body parts to other areas. The body parts would be displayed and serve as a warning against those considering a similar crime. Wow. This is uh brave hard all over again, isn't it? This is exactly <laughs> where they got this from. Imagine right. that. <clears throat> so talking bad about uh, the crown, this is what it got you. Doesn't seem that far off. Yeah. No, that's pretty much it. I mean, it's like, oh, they're going to hang you. And then they give you the hope because they cut you down. And then you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that was close, guys. I almost died. And like, no, 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 it's cool. We got it. And they're yeah. going to cut your head off, dismember you, chop you up, and then ship your body parts to different areas for oh, display. So everyone can see, don't talk bad because we don't want an uprising. That's right. This is how you control. Like, this is how you control the 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 many. It's right. not like the ruling classes could ever control all those people. No. You just had to no, there are so many of them. They could have thrown overthrown yeah. them anytime they wanted to. Exactly. But you keep them in fear and yeah. Huh. All it takes. Yeah. Then you have murder, of course. Uh, so with murder, it was just uh death, but women found guilty of murder faced a more brutal death than just meeting the executioner. So if women, if a woman was found to have murdered someone in the in in the Middle Ages, the medieval times, if a woman was found to have murdered someone, they would be hung or strangled and then burnt. Oh my gosh! So yeah, they didn't mess around. <laughs> yeah, so you don't want to be a don't. I mean, obviously, in the Middle Ages or medieval ages, like being a woman wasn't great anyway. But if sure. you were a, a a woman in medieval times. Uh, even murder was you were punished worse for murder 
that wasn't good enough just to kill you. They were going to also burn your body. Hmm. And then stealing crops, uh, stealing crops was viewed as a more serious offense. And, uh, and so those found guilty of stealing crops from someone's land often had their hand removed, preventing them from stealing anymore and making them a public spectacle to others. So, of course, talking about it again, crops were often stolen from high-ranking lords who owned land, ensuring the ruling elite had control over the punishment of the low, poorer class. There it is. People yep. aren't stealing crops to, like, go out and resell them because they're rich. <laughs> right. They're hungry. <laughs> yeah, on our live stream, someone just said wow. that we should do a show on weird or crazy well, laws. I feel like it's and an it's not awful, a bad idea because there's plenty of them. There are a lot of weird and crazy laws out there. Yeah. I feel like this has been an awful, uh, awful show today. Not in terms of <laughs> our, our stuff, but this is a lot of just terrible. Dark, stuff. dark stuff. <laughs> we want dark. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, here's a little something that'll lighten the mood a bit. I saw this article. Well, let's, let's move back here. Uh, sorry. I, I keep doing this. Gotta let everyone know it's quick hits. One of the most irritating things that happens at these big resorts when people go on vacation is that everybody takes all the chairs around the pool or on the beach, right? First thing in the morning, they're out there putting their towels down. They may not show up for hours, oh, but they're going to hold the, the chairs. chairs. Yes. Yep, exactly. Yep. Yes. And so, and these huge resorts, I mean, people will get up at six in the morning and they'll be carrying 10 towels down and then just put them all down and then show up after breakfast, everything, 10, 30, 11 o'clock to usable. No one can do anything, right? Yep. Well, recently, a resort guest decided to do something about it. And uh, pretty, I mean, people, people, people are not afraid to take things into their own hands here. This person went down and removed all of the towels from every single beach chair. <laughs> So, so this was this was uh, put out by a person who observed this. It said they were on holiday in an all-inclusive resort. The first day, they couldn't find any lounge chairs by the beach or by the ocean, and they, they okay, fair enough. They they didn't get there until the afternoon, so they knew. Next day, they went to find a spot, but most of the spots were taken by towels. So they find an empty seat, and they look around and they realize that most of the chairs stayed reserved almost the whole day. And never even get used. Third day, they decided to take some towels off of two loungers and enjoy our day. Four hours later, an older couple shows up saying they had their towels there. And they they went to management and got them kicked off and everything. So this person got, got pissed off by this. So every day after that, for the rest of their trip, they'd get up in the morning. And they'd take the towels off of every single chair that didn't have a person in it. And then they would go up to their balcony and watch the chaos. <laughs> so everyone's freaking out because they don't have their saved chairs and everything. So then by the end of the week, there was a sign that any unattended towels would be removed. So literally the, the resort actually changed the way they managed this at the end of the week. They're like, screw it. If they're not there, we're removing it. Oh, that is so funny. God, that, that would just pay for the trip. And it's like, that would just be worth the trip. Right. So Imagine all these people coming down. Like, what? What? Yeah, what? Oh, these are my seats. 
Yeah. Well, it's great too because there, you know, I looked and and I don't know if you had a chance to see these, but I had sent over some um, videos that uh, about this exact thing on TikTok, and I had no idea it was like this. Some of these pools at these resorts open at like six a.m. and there will be a line of people like it's Black Friday at Walmart. And then they open the gate and people are like sprinting to the chairs they want and like throwing towels at them, trying to like hold these chairs. And then they just leave. It's like, they're not there. It's 6 a.m. You're not, yeah, very yeah. few people are just wanting to sit at the pool or be at the ocean at 6 a.m. They're just, they, they race in there as fast as they can. They're throwing towels on these chairs and then they, then they go back and they just hold them for the whole day. Oh. What an what an awful trip that would it be if that's what you have to do? If I gotta wake up at six a.m. just to put a, I'm just not gonna go. No, <laughs> no, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna yeah. wake up at six a.m. just to put my towel down, then to come back three four hours later. <laughs> no, it's no, not worth it. No, and they had this resort in Spain. That? They had this resort in Spain. People lined up at six thirty a.m. This was 90 minutes before the pool even opened. Oh my gosh. In order to be the first in line to reserve chairs. And I'm telling you, when you watch this, they open that, and these people, I'm I'm not exaggerating, are sprinting in here as fast as they can with towels all like piled up, running around, pushing people out of the way, trying desperately to get these. I like when I travel, I don't go to these big, you know, resorts. I either go to very small places. Or just, you know, Airbnb uh, for this exact reason. I don't want to be around a lot of people. And I no. definitely don't want to be around a lot of people that are acting nuts and to try to hold chairs and make sure you can't sit anywhere. I mean, it's just so weird. I mean, imagine that being your vacation. Like you spend yeah. all year saving up to go to a resort where you have to wake up at 630 or six o'clock in the morning just to get in lot. That's not even to sit there for right. that many hours. Like yep. if I'm getting up at six thirty in the morning, like I'm just gonna stay there. I'm not going. <laughs> no, exactly. I'm yeah. not gonna be able to go back to bed and go to sleep. So I'm I'm up at this point. Yeah, and then so and now like your towel somehow claims your spot. Like who made that rule? Who decided like, well, there's a towel there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can't do anything about it. I don't know. <laughs> The law of the towel speaks. Uh, I can't. Right. I can't do nothing about it. I, just yeah. Well, yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna stay at a place like that if that's what I've got to no. do. I don't exactly. If I go on vacation, I don't want to be around ten thousand people. I mean, I'm yeah. sure when I go to the beach, I'm around ten thousand people. But my area that I'm at, there's not ten thousand people around me. I can just <laughs> right. walk right out to the beach and put my lawn chair down. Now we do get out there early. You know, we'll go and set up early when we go to the beach um, just to get everything set up. But yeah. we're not going out there at like six in the morning and then coming out at like noon. Like we'll go up, oh. set out and then come back, eat breakfast and run back out. And, you know, we're <laughs> out there within the hour. Yeah, But there's not that many people scrambling for places, you know, <laughs> that's, yeah, I, I, oh, that's all, that's hilarious that you would just get like, all right, fine. I'm just going to go and take all the beach. Towels yeah. I'll take every one of them. And then I'm just going to go up and sit on my balcony and hang out and watch everyone freak out and scream at each other. Yeah. I wonder what he did with the beach towels. I know. Just like, you know, a lot of times they have those like where you put the dirty towels that look like oh, almost yeah. like a giant trash. You might just tossed it right into that and kept walking. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Good for him. Be good. Good way to do it. 
Uh, all right. So moving on, quick hits. This one we might need to stretch our legs on a little bit. We might we might end up talking about this one for a, a little longer than we normally do with quick hits, but. A Utah district has now banned the Bible in elementary and middle schools due to vulgarity and violence. A parent in the school district launched the petition to remove the Bible over its sexual content and violence. So this is at Davis School District. It's north of Salt Lake City. And uh, they basically pulled the Bible and students can't have any exposure to it until they get to high school. And they removed it because they received a petition uh, from a parent because of sex and violence. They wanted it to be gotten rid of. Now, this is not the first situation like this. Utah schools previously began removing other books from libraries after a 2022 state law required schools to consider parents input on age appropriate books. Now it's going to get really interesting because the next book up for evaluation is the book of Mormon. Oh, so. boy. <laughs> let's see how that goes. Yeah. Can't <laughs> wait to see that vote. Oh. Can't wait to see that vote in Salt Lake city. Yeah. So, uh, so apparently, and it, what's weird is this, I think this kind of backfired on this parent because I think it was kind of meant sarcastically this, this, this idea of the petition because this parent was like wrote this letter and they were complaining about this stuff. And they said uh, they, they had this new law being put in place. Parents had filed over 250 complaints petitioning for certain books to be removed from schools. And so they had sent in this petition saying Utah parents United, which I guess is the name of this group left off one of the most sex ridden books around the Bible. You'll no doubt find the Bible has quote, no serious value for minors because it's pornographic by our new definition. Well, that made them have to review it. And then since they had said they would review it and, uh, it, it, they found violence and sex in the Bible. They said, fair enough. You're right. Even if you meant it sarcastically, we will pull the Bible. Oh my gosh. I guess Utah is just a little bit different because well, yeah. like what <laughs> sure like, are. I, I, what Bible I, I don't, I, I guess they don't agree to the separation of a uh, church and state. I guess I, I I've never seen a Bible in my school when I was growing up. Agreed. <laughs> I was never Agreed. A Bible. I don't like, understand I just, that aspect. Of I don't it. understand what was even there to begin with. I mean, I, I, I mean, uh, uh, maybe just because it's Utah, I suppose. Maybe they just didn't have that. And now, all right, well, yeah, you want to be funny and, you know, you want to, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, did you? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I want to see what they do with the Book of Mormon. Oh, my goodness. That would be, uh, that would be wild. Yeah. That's a, that's a story to follow up on. But, yeah, yeah it's weird. I, I just, I, I never knew a book, a Bible to be, like, in the school library somewhere, so. I know it is weird. So the only thing that I know more than this is that. Um, so this parent was hoping to expose the bad faith process of all of this. So, again, it was kind of done sarcastically, but it just kind of backfired. It's the Davis School District, 
The Davis School District is Utah's second biggest public school system, has nearly 74,000 pre-K to 12th grade students, and had largely removed the Bible from circulation anyway, but they kept it in high school libraries. Uh, And so, uh, yeah, the, the parents said that their effort to boot the Bible was in protest of a 2022 Utah law that made it easier to remove pornographic or indecent content from schools. And the legislation was supported by conservative activist groups, including Utah Parents United. And so, um, yeah, that's that's exactly what they did. I mean, this the, the, in this little letter, they said, I thank the Utah legislature and Utah Parents United for making this bad faith process so much easier and way more efficient, the parents said in the complaint. Now we can all ban books and you don't even need to read them or be accurate about it. Heck, you don't even need to see the book. And then, of course, they bring up the Bible and write a bunch of stuff about it. And so uh, this committee then is just like, okay, yep, yep, yep. We can't have any problems. We can't have anyone complaining. We can't have anyone upset with us at all. Let's go ahead and remove the Bible now. So it's just it's just mind numbing the the like I think all parents really just want is like not showing your you know ten year old how how to um you know perform sexual acts on another right. child or another ten year old right I mean I think that's that's like there's no common sense here any either way no. there's never common sense. So we want to ban a book. Uh, you know, everyone wants to ban. What was the, uh, oh, what was his name? Abraham Kendi or the uh, the book he wrote. Uh, I don't know. There's a whole big um, thing on it. Right for, not white fragility. Um, I don't know. He wrote one of the books um, and everyone wanted to get that banned. And then. There was, you know, then everyone's now trying to get the other books banned. <laughs> just and kids are just like, wait, what? What can we just make the, the you know, like what? What is? Well, I'm trying to go to school. Like, I just yeah, go to school. Can I just learn? Uh, yeah. Am I able to just learn about? I, I don't need to be taught all this extra stuff. This just yeah. makes no sense. Oh, there's just no common sense in any of this. Like, they want to ban no. one book, so now the other side wants to ban another book, and then it just. That's it. I mean, the kids can't even read Dr. Seuss anymore. You know, like (laughs) literally can't read Dr. Seuss. There are some books that they're not allowed to read anymore. You know, it's just, yeah, it's uh, like, how are you supposed to know anything about the world? How are you supposed to make your own choices and your own decisions? And right. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. It is. It's, it's so weird, man. And, and just, you know, I don't know. We've talked about it before, but, you know, but so much of this stuff nowadays is not about actual offense. It's truly no. It, no. It's about the potential for offense. Everyone yeah. thinks that their job now is to be the police for anyone else maybe getting their feelings hurt about something. So it's like, oh well, you know, I don't, uh, I don't agree with the way Asian people were represented in that movie. I'm not Asian at all, but I'm really upset by it because they might be upset by it. Okay, but they've never said a word about it, but you're now making a big thing about it. It's like yeah. no one, no one, everyone, it's all, it's all, of course, obviously virtue signaling and everything. Everyone thinks that like they look good by doing this. And in reality, you don't, you look nuts 
Like you don't need to get offended for anyone else. And you've said this on previous episodes that like, that's the thing you don't get offended for anyone else. It's not worth it. No, but everyone now thinks that's their job is like to look for offense anywhere that it can be found and rooted out. And, you know, it's like, yeah. come on, man, it's not, it's not communism. This isn't McCarthy era, you know, right. politics or something where we got to search out for offense and, and, and root it out of society. Well, offense is fine. You can get offended. Yeah. It's okay to get your feelings it's, hurt. It's okay to be offended by something and then not yeah. use it. Right. That's exactly it. You can make your own choice. And then being offended for someone else means that they're not smart enough That's right. to be offended. Right. Ah, you see it, they enough. don't see it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're not smart enough. Well, let me tell you, it's offensive. Yeah, trust me. Yeah. This is offensive to you. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, what? No. <laughs> well, think about it. I mean, it would be like saying, you know what? From now on, all food needs to taste good. There can't be any bad tasting food out there because that's a terrible experience to have to have bad tasting food. Well, who determines what food tastes good and what food tastes bad, right? It's up to the individual. And likewise, offense is up to the individual. You can't get rid of potentially offensive things any more than you can get rid of the idea of potentially bad tasting food. Because everything that someone thinks tastes bad, someone else loves. Yep. And then every, and then how do you determine who's right and who's wrong? So now guess what? All of you that think that place tastes bad that other people like, now you're going to have to tell them how they're wrong and you're right. And you're saving them from themselves and you're trying to protect them. It's just like, guys, man, you got to get off of this train. It's not going to work for you. No, but I mean, but this is politics. This is, this is life. Like you've just explained life in a nutshell right now. You probably dumbed it down to the simplest terms. Right. <laughs> Let's get rid of bad tasting food and yeah. no one can tell you who determines or what determines bad tasting food. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Hey man, if it's out there and it could be potentially not, not taste good for you, you should never have to experience that. No. But how do you know what good tasting food is then? Right. Like there's no baseline for anything. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, we, we all, you and I, and many others have had experiences of all different kinds. And some of them you love and you say, man, I can't wait to do that again. That was so much fun. We had an awesome time. That was a fantastic trip. I can't go. I can't wait to go back to that place or go back to that restaurant or have that drink again or whatever. And likewise, we all have those funny stories about the disastrous things or the things that they were, you know, that didn't turn out but they're not horrible stories that make us break down in tears because we stayed at a bad hotel or we drank too much that one night, or you went to that party that you shouldn't have, or you got no sleep or whatever the case may be. It's like, that's part of life. This idea that we're going to somehow legislate all of this stuff out of, of life so that no one ever has to experience discomfort is just the weirdest, worst idea that you could possibly have. Just, yeah. Now, the only thing I I would say to that is um, if I could ban um, taking the bus in Las Vegas, I, I, would, I would ban that. That really needs to be banned. No <laughs> one should have to sub be subjected to that. <laughs> no, no, not at all. But no, you're, it's, you're exactly right. You can never experience anything good in yeah. life if you've never experienced anything bad in life. Now I know what I don't want in in a yeah. you know in in a a female a male. Now I know what I, I don't want in a job. Uh, if I'm just told always like this is what you need, this is what you want, and I guess that's kind of the point of of, of where they want you to be in life. And I say yeah. they, meaning people in power, 
they want you to rely on them for what you need, what you That's want. Right. This tastes good. You need to have this. <laughs> this is offensive. You shouldn't watch this. I mean, that's just that's just what they want. It like you don't want free thinkers. You don't want like well, you can't be you can't be a Republican no. and agree with yeah. anything that a Democrat says. Well, that's stupid. Well, that's stupid. Like that that you're an idiot. I don't I don't want to associate with you. And the same as a Democrat. Like, uh, well, if you agree with anything right. a Republican says, well, clearly you're not a Democrat. <laughs> Well, you're dumb. I'm sorry. You're you're an idiot. I don't I, I don't have time for you. I don't you yeah. don't represent me. No, you and we talked about it before me. about even, you know, on our content, the people, particularly yeah. around some mm-hmm. of the Bud Light stuff and Target and some of these boycott things, you know, where these these uh, what I think we'll call liberal, uh, you know, more left wing people seeing a clip of our show and then leaving comments about how we're ignorant right-wing trunks trump supporting blah 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 whatever and it's like okay wait a minute you are the exact thing that you think you're better than you don't know anything about us you have no idea what our show is about you have no idea what our politics are we're not even a particularly political show we've said this many times but you don't know any of that so what you're doing is you're basing on what appearance and some weird generalizations that you would make on that saying you're white, you oh, have no, beards, you have bald heads, yeah. so you're rednecks, yeah. you're this or that. Like, you don't know anything about us at all. And then you want to say that we're the problem when you're doing the exact same thing that you literally came to our content to judge people for. <laughs> That's why you left the comment was to be judgmental. Yeah. You think you're superior to that and you're actually the person who's doing it. You're the problem. And it's hilarious to me. I was talking to my wife about this over the weekend. How like, it's so funny to me that left-wing people and right-wing people have so much more in common than they think they do. (laughs) It's crazy. Oh, so much. They're the same. They're the exact same. They just need to get over that idea that they're so different because they're not. They are the same. And that's going to bother both sides. I know people are going to be outraged to hear us say that. But it's completely true. Neither neither side acquits themselves very well because they both make, you know, these wild, crazy things. Right wing people say left wing people are doing the devil's work and they're, you know, trying to erode society and blah, blah, blah. And then the left wing people say, you know, right wing people, you're all a bunch of drunk hillbillies and this and that. And you're you're so stupid. You're doing it wrong. And Nazis. it's, It's so stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Again, there are many people who don't want people to realize how much right. more they have in common. So they put this divide in there on on purpose to to, to keep this uh, narration going. And, and yeah, I, I mean, it's it's um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. There's <laughs> so much so more funny. in common. Than and everybody thinks they're way. unique and they're clever and they're different yeah. and they're superior. And they're not. They're what they are is they're like they're weak and they're shallow and they're. They're insecure and they're scared and like that's that's really what they are on both sides. So like if you're listening to this and you and, and, and you're thinking, yep, that's exactly right. He hit the nail on the head. That's just how those right wing Trump supporters are. Nope, that's not who we're talking about. We're talking about them and we're also talking about you, you yourself, whoever's listening to this. If you thought I was talking about someone else just now, I was talking about you. <laughs> that's exactly who I'm talking to. 
And and because yeah. even that mentality to think, oh yeah, he's talking about them. Where would you get that from? I didn't say anything to give you that indication, right? So it's just that's just how people are, man. And it's it's such a weird society and a weird time that we live in. And it doesn't seem to be getting better. It seems to be getting worse. It is. Yeah, and I, and I guess it's just something that's just been slowly integrated into the, uh, uh, as Bud Light <laughs> likes to say, the fabric uh, of of America, the fabric of our culture. It just slowly has has devolved to this because it was never really like that. Like I, you know, like I would watch TV and I wouldn't know that you know CBS was right. lean Democrat or I, I wouldn't watch Fox News uh, or Fox you know, and think like, oh, they're right. like, I, it just slowly has devolved into this. And, and I mean, look, there's money in, and being on one side or the other. I mean, there's not a whole lot of money for people that yeah, are true. right down the middle like us. So yeah. maybe we got to pick a side. I don't know. Maybe we got to pull, put a <laughs> poll right. up. Which side do you want us to go to? Because, you know, we, we, yeah, everything has to we be the make money. So, but I mean, really, there's not like who, who, you know, it, like who is that person that's in the middle yep. that uh, it, talk show wise or political wise, you know, commentator wise? Who there's not like there's there can't be anyone in the middle. Maybe we that's us. Maybe we're we're <laughs> coming up with a whole new genre of yeah yeah we're we're the bridge uh, gappers. Uh, but I mean, there's not because there's just not any like nobody wants to hear like everybody wants to hear something that favors their side. And they can't wait to just hear it and just jump into it without context. You know, I see these videos yeah. online and there's zero context behind them. You just see certain <laughs> right. random people beating up certain random people. And, it, you know, and it's like, OK, well, what led to that? Like, what is there nothing else? This is all we're seeing. And it's like. You know, like, uh, yep. you know, here it is. See, I told you. <laughs> no, yeah. what? where's the rest? Of no, this? you're right, man. Uh, Everything yeah. now is about extremes has to be extreme one way or another. And honestly, it all started with social yeah. media. I mean, we've talked about it before, I guess, so I yeah. don't want to, you know, like retread everything. But the moment that you started letting people think that their opinions mattered, it became a problem because your opinion doesn't matter and it shouldn't matter. Like, no, it should yeah. matter when it can it be put to into action. Like, for instance, in election, you have an opinion on who you want to vote for. Okay. The next election, vote for the person you want to vote for, right? That's when that matters. That's when your opinion can be put into action. If a business, Target, Anheuser-Busch, any of these, Nike, whoever else, is doing things that you don't agree with, and you choose to boycott, that's because your opinion is that they shouldn't do that. You don't support that. Great. You've taken action as you should, and you've chosen to not consume products from that brand. And that makes total sense. It also doesn't mean that everyone else is the devil who doesn't feel the way you it feel, though. Perfectly fine. Like, it has to stop at a certain <laughs> point. <laughs> exactly. That's the thing. Exactly. There if I drink a Bud Light, that does not mean right. like uh, that right. I am the worst person in America. I, I it just, but 
again, but that's your, again, you're right, at least for now, until they take, until someone decides they're going to take that away. But that, that's your absolute right to do yeah. what you do, but it can work on both sides. You know, yeah. Oh, you don't want to bake a birthday cake right. for, you know, a, a gay <laughs> couple or a birthday cake, a wedding cake for a gay couple. Um, well, I'm not going to yep. shop at your business. I can, that's your right. Like, it's your it's 100% your right to do that. I will probably go buy if I need a cake and they're really good I'm I'm probably going to go buy yeah. a cake. I, I I just I don't care, right? I mean, it just there's just a lot of things we just shouldn't or don't need to care about and but again, yeah, have at it. you want to boycott it 100% yeah. man. That that's that yeah. that's America, man. That's America. <laughs> Whether you love America or hate America, that's America. You get to have that right to boycott it. The same as people right. have the right to support that business. Again, that doesn't make them bigots and and phobes of this or that. They support the business. They don't agree with what you're saying, and that's okay. And yeah. and that goes both ways. You don't want your you know people don't want Target to sell clothes to kids that, that, you know, that probably too young to, to understand even what they're wearing. Yeah. That's your right. You can do that. But again, if people go in there and they want to buy that stuff, then the market's going to sort it out, right? Like if more people have a problem with it, than are yeah. in favor of it, then it will stop. And look, 100%. I mean, we, we talked a go. little bit about target last week, but there the most go. recent thing here, and I'm sure there may be even more recent things, but uh, here, as of a few days ago, Target uh, Target stock has now lost almost $14 billion in the last couple of weeks. That's the lowest level the stock has been at since 2020. And it's all over boycotts. And so in two weeks' time, they lost nearly $14 billion at Target. Now, yeah. Down another, uh, and so this today. is the thing, right? I mean, so that tells yeah, you it's crazy that the majority of people right now are opposed to the decisions the target is making. If they weren't, then you wouldn't see a $14 billion drop in business in two weeks. But the majority of people are opposed to it. If the majority of people were in favor of it, everything would stay the same. Or their stock would increase, their sales would increase. But the reality is they're taking a beating because people are opposed to it. It's the same thing that happened with Anheuser-Busch. They're taking a beating because people are opposed to it. The time, the way to gauge your demographic, your core demographic, your core customer, is not when you've already done it and then you wipe out billions of dollars and you have to lay people off. That is not the time to take the, the 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 temperature on whether or not this new marketing idea is going to fly or not. And unfortunately, these businesses are doing it because they feel empowered. Now, maybe they feel empowered because of the story we just talked about as it pertains to BlackRock and, you know, the ESG scores, Vanguard, everybody else. BlackRock. But whether yeah. it's because of BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, et cetera, whether it's because of them or not, Target, Anheuser-Busch, and these other companies have been emboldened to take these marketing risks. And likewise, you could say maybe it hasn't worked out for them. They're taking a bath right now on the on the stock. But the flip side is even people who are opposed to the things that they have done 
still have potential to profit on these situations. You could short those companies and make a killing. You could buy into the stock really low. And then when they inevitably eventually target's not going to go out of business over this, right? They're going to bounce back. Some other outrage will happen in another month or two and people forget all about this. And they'll probably handle it better than Anheuser-Busch has anyway, because they will have learned from the corporate stupidity at Anheuser-Busch what to do maybe a little bit better to get it behind them faster. But the fact is, when you end up in this situation, even if you're opposed to it, you can also still profit from it. Are you wrong for profiting from it? Are you wrong for saying, man, I hate what Target's doing. I totally disagree with Anheuser-Busch. And you know what? I'm going to buy their stock. Is that wrong? Is it wrong to profit in that situation, right? I mean, there's a lot of gray area in this world, and that's, a, that, that, that's every shade of gray in there. Because oh, you could sure say you is. don't like it, but you'd also invest in the company. Oh, definitely. Now, you'd invest in the company hoping, what, that it's going to fail? No, you're going to hope that it's going to succeed after you've bought that stock. You're hoping you bought it low. You don't buy it and then hope it continues to go down. You think, I hope I hope now things turn around and get better for them. Right. So really by shorting them, you're actually rooting for them. Yeah. Don't you have that right? Of course you do. No. Yeah, I, I completely uh, agree. Yeah. This is what I don't understand, though. Um, I'm looking at uh, an article here about what they sold, right? And this is what's got people so upset. So they have, um, uh, of course, their LBGTQ pride for years. Oh, they, uh, sorry. The season offered merchandise that included female style swimsuits yes. that had the option to tuck male genitalia. <laughs> <laughs> how uncomfortable that's got to be. Uh, other products were labeled as thoughtfully fit on multiple body types and gender expressions. Um, here, I, I, they don't go into detail, but I, I need to ask you what this is. Target also sold a gender fluid mug. It's just a, a beige mug. Is that <laughs> What is that? Does it have a half a handle? I don't <laughs> Does it know. have a full handle or something? <laughs> I don't know. What is a gender fluid You can drink mug? out of both sides. Just a tube. <laughs> One one side has a straw, the other doesn't. You just have to delicately balance liquid inside of it. It's open on both sides. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't sell well. Didn't sell well. Wow. Gender fluid mug. Yeah. Ah, yeah. And and this is, uh, it's just, you know, it's just wild to me. But they sell in uh, adult clothing with slogans such as super queer. I don't understand why you would ever need to wear a shirt that declares that. I just, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, don't I know. mean, uh, I should get one that says super straight. And just, here's okay, the thing. Just, if I wore, if I walked around wearing a shirt that says super straight, yeah. everyone would think I was gay. But you couldn't. <laughs> like you would just assume, like, what's that guy compensating for? <laughs> He's clearly. Yeah. <laughs> Like, oh man, he is. Also, by the way, a gender fluid mug is apparently just a mug. (laughs) I looked it up. (laughs) Uh, Weirdly enough, it is just a regular mug. It literally just says gender fluid on the mug. That's it. Yeah. Huh. So is it. uh, Okay. So it's like. uh, 
it's like the mug that has like the uh, levels of the coffee like don't yes. talk to me can you see my Not screen yet. right now i am sharing this oh it's getting ready to pop up just here. Says gender fluid oh, nope it Nothing literally more just says it. gender fluid on it okay yeah and they have a bunch of those whole bunch of different huh. gender okay. fluid mugs twelve dollars oh here's one that's 28 dollars <laughs> yeah I mean, honestly, yeah. great business to get into we'll right just, now uh, is the gender fluid mug gender business. Fluid. These things seem to sell for quite a bit of money. I mean, it's 15, Jeez. 20 bucks to get a gender fluid mug. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Seriously. I'm going to start an Etsy page here. <laughs> get, get myself one of those cricket things and start <laughs> yeah. making mugs. Crazy. Gender fluid mug. Gender fluid mug. Yeah, that's that's wild. You know, the thing I, I, I love um, too is when you make like a bad movie or a, uh, you know, a bad TV show and it just gets killed, then you can just come out and claim that like it's. It was too progressive. Like, uh, it's all like the homophobes. It's all, it's, yeah. It, you know, it, it's due to all the Nazis and everything else, you know, like, or if you don't watch it, yeah. then you're racist. Like now, now they come out with that. Like the the uh, oh yes, I know what you're talking about. Yes. Or something, uh, it just, just, just completely historically, well, completely Cleopatra. inaccurate. You might be talking and about the new the Cleopatra it, it, one too on it, Netflix. Oh, you know Cleopatra. what you're talking about? What, no, yes. it was the one. I think with, it is the um, Woman King. It yeah, was like a Black Panther type the woman idea King, with the yeah. woman in there. Yeah, based but but it was supposed to be based on a true story of like the tribe of women who like yeah. took over and you know i, I, I don't know it's it just all historically inaccurate but right. that was just pretty much like well if you don't watch it then you know you don't support it and what was the um mm -hmm. billy billy Eichner, oh yes yes um, something like that yes romance was that like his movie and it was like and, and, you know, it was just like, oh, well, everyone's just, you know, homophobic. It didn't come see it. And someone made the point, like, well, if there are literally that many, you know, people that are, are gay in this country, had they gone and watched it, like the opening, yeah. the opening night or opening, you know, weekend would have made be like, like the $80 million. If you had just Clearly. been able to your, your own people, your own yeah, core demographic, exactly if you could have gotten them to see it. And I promise you, if the movie looked good, yeah. they probably would no, have gone to like, see it. But, uh, yeah, you look at the preview and you're like, I, like now you're just trying. Like you're just like, it, yeah. yeah, it just, it looks so contrived. Yeah, and, funny. And, and I like Billy. Yes. I, find him actually yes. amusing That's some great when stuff doing man billy on the street stuff like <laughs> you just throw the microphone up in people's face yeah. <laughs> it was like made me laugh and uh you know I, but i saw this movie mm. and i was like bro this just looks dumb like this just looks like I, uh, this this doesn't do anything for me but again if it was you know uh, um, a regular romantic comedy uh I'm not going to go see right. it either. So like, I'm not your demographic. <laughs> if it's anything romantically comical, um, out, outside of, uh, Oh, sure. Uh, Great movie. Uh, Notting Great Hill. Movie. I'm just a girl. Bam. Standing in front of a boy. Asking him to love her. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut that one up, boy. People are really going to have opinions about us. <laughs> <laughs> he said, uh, 
<laughs> whoops a daisy did you say whoops a daisy yeah there's so many gray lines in that movie yeah <laughs> oh, uh, all right man well look i'm looking at the time i feel like we've entertained the world enough and i look i want to say this too now we got one more little thing i want to talk about unless you have anything additional you wanted to to, to touch on No, I mean, you know, uh, yeah. we, we didn't talk a single look of sports um, here tonight. Um, and a lot of that is on purpose. There wasn't a whole lot going on. But I, I just want to give a shout out to the 2000 fans that show up for the Oakland A's games. Yes. Because, boy, you are diehard. This team has played roughly 61 games. Yeah, about 61 games. They're currently 27 and a half games back, have a 197 win percentage. <laughs> Their run differential is minus 200. Are they running the bases backwards? <laughs> I mean, they have been outscored in 61 games wow. by 212, by 212 runs. runs in 61 games i mean uh. wow games. they've been outscored they have a team era of almost seven i mean it, it, this is uh, like I, I do not understand <laughs> how major league baseball is letting this go on i mean yes. this is all just a ploy to get yeah. out of oakland and get into las vegas what a sham, what just a stain on baseball and kudos to those 1,962 people that show up uh, to watch a game because uh, no offense to the players. I mean, you're, you're major league baseball, you know, you're, you're on a major league baseball team, but boy, this is yeah, that's embarrassing. a travesty. And, and now, I mean, we're seeing this more and more, unfortunately yeah. in sports and we're not going to have time to go into all of this tonight. And I, we shouldn't have gone so long on some of these other things because we did actually talk about this topic and uh, we knew we wanted to try to fit it in somewhere. We won't have enough time to, to do it justice, but you know, more and more in sports, you're seeing this, this idea that like, you know, team's going to bomb so bad that then no one will care if they leave town. And then when they leave town, then they get to go to some other great deal. And then when they get to go to that great deal, then it's kind of like, you know, magically they can start to turn things around. And I mean, We've seen, you know, the Raiders obviously move to Vegas and, and now they're one of the top grossing teams in the NFL. They're not even a good team, but they have a beautiful new stadium, Allegiant Stadium, you know, $2 billion gets spent on that. And man, the, the renderings have come out for this new uh, Oakland A's ballpark in Vegas, right off of the strip, right by the, I think it's by the Tropicana there uh, on the, on the strip. I mean, good Lord. I mean, the. The Vegas Strip is just becoming like the sports central thing as well. I mean, you got all the crazy hotels. Now you got football stadiums and baseball stadiums and everything right there on the Strip. It's it's pretty incredible. Oh, it's it amazing the 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 what they can yeah. uh, what, what they can do with the renderings. I don't know how they're going to pull it off. I really don't. Um, but yeah, I mean. So you can't even put together a team and then you are, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you're getting ready to build a billion dollar stadium in, uh, in Las Vegas. Oh, just it's embarrassment, man. Like they should be forced to sell that team right away. I, I this has got to be on an historic pace for losses. I, I can't imagine 
this isn't going to end up. Just yeah, I mean, I don't understand. And like, I'm looking now because I had a really good. Yeah, let's look at this. So, I mean, okay. So, so I'm gonna let me know if you can uh, if you can see my screen here because I mean. The, the images that have come out so far for the new Oakland A's stadium. This thing is backing to the MGM Grand. I mean, it's incredible. Look at that. And then it's, it's I think there's another, let me see here. Yeah, look at this. Right off the strip, there's the MGM Grand. Right on the strip, there's the Luxor, Mandalay Bay, and I mean, there's the stadium. It, it it just it's it's unbelievable that they could build this. Yeah, I don't understand how they can even they can even. Yeah, I don't. I don't it's a great what, question because it now? feels Anything? like there has to be something there. Have to look at I don't that. Know what would see, have been? And that and that looks like yeah. a. Oh Open my lord! Stadium too. Oh, Holy that has to be. Crap. Crap. Could you imagine that? In August, I mean, I would think so, but the renderings all show it as an open air unless it has the ability to close. But oh, I mean, that air is, I guess, the air would be pretty thin, I suppose. I don't know, I don't know. (laughs) That ball's might they're saying 1.5 billion dollars, 30,000 seats. Oh, and it's actually where the Tropicana is now. So we've actually stayed at the Tropicana. So I guess they'd be buying up the Tropicana's uh, place and building this on the Tropicana site. Uh, So there'd be nine acres of land. It's planned. Okay, so the stadium would be on nine acres of land of the 35-acre Tropicana site. Yeah. So not even all of it. And that makes sense because I I thought the Trop was like right around here. And yeah, I I guess they're getting rid of the Tropicana. Because it's sure not there. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Anyway. All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap this sucker up. Uh, do you think you're uh, you ready to do that? I think we can do that. All right. All right. So uh, that's it for us tonight, folks. We have done everything we can possibly do to entertain our global audience. We appreciate you. We thank you for listening. Uh, We will be back soon, better than ever. In the meantime, have a great night. We'll talk soon, everybody. Thank you.